The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell. I am the Senior Assistant Minister of Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister, and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. I would like to invite you to Christ Universal Temple if you're ever in the Chicagoland area, and if you're not, you can watch our live stream online at 10.30 a.m. to 12 noon Central Standard Time at www.cutemple.org. That's www.cutemple.org. Check us out. We're in the midst of a powerful series called or titled Better Living from A to Z. So check us out. I think you'll like it a lot. Well, we are continuing on in the series Prosperity by Charles Fillmore. I'm actually teaching the book chapter by chapter. And the one thing that I did request is that everyone who is following along with this series actually get the book. You can purchase the book. You can find Internet online versions, uh, many of them which are free. So if you can listen to this show, you can find Prosperity online. I would like for you to read the chapters ahead of time. So while when I go over the chapters, um, you have an opportunity to, one, if you want to call in and ask questions, you can. Two, work with um, the ideas by hearing somebody else um, talk about it from a different angle. Or three, just allow it to, you know, really integrate into the soul at a deeper level because you're doing the inner work. Because, again, I'm teaching this book and other books like I did before with Lessons of Truth and after this series when I do Discover the Power Within You because I want to make sure that you have access to this type of teaching and material. Everybody doesn't have a New Thought Church uh, around them and some churches don't have the ability to function beyond Sunday to Sunday so they don't have classes. So this is kind of a pseudo class, not necessarily sitting down in front of somebody or even a webinar where people are typing me questions consistently, but more or less a a class that will allow you to really, really get into the material, absorb it, and most importantly, practically apply it in your life. What I want you to be able to do and what we always want everyone to do at Christ Universal Temple is for folks to practically demonstrate it in your life. Reverend Coleman was famous for the term, it works if you work it. So we want to make sure that you know that you can work it, but we have to teach it to you practically so you can understand what you are working with so you can work it. Now, this chapter in Prosperity, Lesson 11, Laying Up Treasures, is a very interesting chapter. I think it's one of the most interesting chapters in the book for for a variety of reasons. It is one of the chapters that I think requires a little bit of extra study. As a matter of fact, I would even go far to say uh, to read several times because some of the things that he says in, in here really take, really 
make you really think about how we think about prosperity. How do we think about lack? How do we think about our future? And he really, really goes in on some cherished beliefs. Now, obviously, we're not going to be able to cover all of those cherished beliefs. But one of the things that he does do is really deal with uh, our belief and future lack. Because many times we do things thinking that we won't have enough later. That's a big, big concern. We don't think we'll have something later. All right. And he uses the, um, the sayings of Jesus by saying, you know, you know, lay, you know, you know, don't lay, uh, basically not trust in God and man, but lay up your treasures in heaven. Now, heaven, as we understand metaphysically, is not a place that you go to, but heaven is a place that we, uh, within us, as far as a state of consciousness that allows us to completely or express this inner divinity. So it's really important for us to to get that when we are laying up treasures in heaven, we're really talking about building a consciousness of spirituality, of wholeness, of peace, of joy, of of life, and all other things. So it's really important that we get that. Matter of fact, the scripture that Jesus, uh, that Fillmore is using is found in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. Jesus is attributed to saying in the Sermon on the Mount, do not store for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consume and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So Jesus is talking about from the standpoint of you can't rob a person of their prosperity consciousness, of their healing consciousness of their peaceful consciousness see see things in the outer come and go out of existence but if you have the consciousness that can produce it you can always create it again that's key if you have the know-how you can always rebuild it create something new adjust it adapt it or whatever needs to happen but the main thing that i want you to get is this is talking about building a consciousness, building a con because people have a tendency to trust in what they have. And then when what they have fails them, they don't know what to do or who they think they know or, you know, or the resources that they have. But depending on the situation and circumstance, sometimes what you think you have and sometimes the things you think, you know, don't come through. But we know because God is omnipresent good, God always comes through. But are we building building treasures only in form, but not necessarily trying to build treasures in mind? Building a consciousness that's based upon love and peace and joy and harmony, prosperity, and healing, and integrity. It's important that we build that consciousness because those are our treasures in heaven. Now, on page 159, Mr. Fillmore um says in the first paragraph, after the multitude had been fed by the increase of loaves and fishes, Jesus commanded that they gather up the fragments so that nothing might be lost. And they all ate and were filled and took up that which remained over of the broken pieces, 12 baskets full. Then he says, any form of waste is a violation of the divine law of conservation. Everywhere in nature, there's evidence of stored up energy substance ready for use when needed. Now, Mr. Fillmore was big on developing and cons and conserving spiritual energy. You know, now part of that was because he was a teacher of physical regeneration, which meant, and you know, I'm just putting this out here now because if you know, I would lack integrity if I didn't say it. Because some of the things that he writes, if you don't understand this, you don't understand why he's saying what he's saying. He, because of his own healing, growing his leg as a middle-aged man in length and width, and healing it. And and some of the other healings that he 
uh, witness not only within himself, but his wife, Myrtle Fillmore, being healed of tuberculosis and many other people being healed through the unity movement and the New Thought movement in general. He was a big believer in the regeneration of the body, the cells being transformed and even to the point to where consciousness can maintain it to where a person doesn't you know necessarily have to physical die they just transform and transmute their physical body and however that works it works so he was a big believer in that so this course isn't about regeneration so i'm not going to get into detail with that but i wanted to let you know that's why he does that that's also one of the reasons why he is such a uh, a staunch writer at times against sensuality and sexuality. Some of that is a product of culture. Some of it was a product of belief. What I would say would be this, as um, Bruce Lee would say, absorb what is useful, reject what is useless. Take what you can get from it, and if you, what you can agree with and what you can't, and great, and keep it moving. Now, let's deal with it from our prosperity and energy side. At times, we have a tendency to dissipate energy in many things, many times things that we like and are, and are good. The question comes into play is that there are times when we need to focus our energy, our consciousness, our thoughts, our feelings, our intent on that which we desire to express. You know, sometimes we get distracted by, you know, the TV show, the phone calls, the computer, the, you know, the Things, whatever it is that distract you, not necessarily meaning that they're bad things, but there are times when energy is dissipated. And I like to say it this way. Have you ever found yourself um, tired and you haven't accomplished anything for yourself? Or you haven't, you know, you haven't, you know, moved anything going forward for yourself. It's really important to understand that. You have to be able to, at times, focus your energy. You know, one of the things in and in uh, martial arts, and I have to get deeply into this. In Chinese martial arts, they call it fajing, which means you, as you relax, and then you have this moment of explosive power, and then you relax again. So there's no reason to use power, use energy unnecessarily, except when you need it. And this is what he's talking about. So we need to be able to focus and exercise our spiritual power towards the thing we use it. And when not, we're relaxed and calm and conserving that energy for when it's needed. Now, moving on, page 160. Spiritually awakened people are now coming to know that all riches are spiritual and within the reach of all as divine ideas. So what he's saying is simply this. As we study the divine law, the divine ideas that are within us within our own super consciousness these ideas come with them with them everything that is needed to create a healthy happy and prosperous life but it says spiritual people are coming to know that all riches are spiritual in other words that it's the consciousness of a thing it's not the thing that matters also when when we work it out spiritually we have the peace we have the love and the harmony to go along with the financial prosperity. But sometimes we chase one thing and we don't necessarily get the other things we desire with it. Okay, a person can have wealth, but not necessarily peace. You know, how many times have we seen actors, actresses, uh, entertainers, singers, you know, et cetera, who, who are miserable, some who take their own lives, either intentionally or unintentionally, because they're not happy. They have the fame. They have money. They have notoriety. They, you know, they, et cetera, et cetera. But they don't have happiness. They don't have self-worth. They don't have fulfillment. So spiritually, we're saying when you work with your spirituality, you can have it all. That doesn't mean, you, you know, that doesn't mean that necessarily you just sit on your love seat and, and somebody just pulls up in a truck and drops it off. But it was saying is you created it all because it's expressing through your consciousness, through your consciousness. Because if you have the, you know, Jesus said, what good is it for a man to gain the world and lose his soul? Now, when I was back in my old school church, that was used to say, you guys who chase money going to end up in hell. No, not literally. 
What it means is what good is it to gain the world? In other words, you try to accumulate all the things that you say you want out of life, but you lose yourself. Because in Aramaic, Jesus' language, even though it was translated to Greek later, the word soul means self. Have you ever lost yourself in a pursuit of something or someone? And you had to find yourself again? Have you allowed yourself to become depressed or frustrated or anxious or fearful or doubtful? And you weren't yourself. Maybe it was because of a prognosis, a diagnosis. Maybe it was because of relationship problems, family problems, work issues, business, uh, you know, uh, situations, economy crashing, home issues, etc. Bill collectors calling. You can sometimes lose yourself. Lose yourself. So spiritually, we're saying when you know yourself. You can then express the goodness of God in and through your life. That's really important. That's laying up treasures in heaven. That's laying up treasures in your own self-worth. You have to love you. You have to realize you're a divine being and then see the divine being in everyone else. That doesn't mean that you're going to agree with everybody else. That doesn't mean you want to even be around everybody else. What it will say is you're responsible for what you see. You're responsible for what you think. You're responsible for what you feel. You're responsible for what you believe. You're responsible for what you say. You're responsible for what you do. So how are you laying up treasures? Are you seeing the world with through metaphysical eyes or when the news reports this and you like this and don't like that? You're responding from a standpoint of the lowest levels of human consciousness or striving to lay up treasures in heaven where when you see life, you come from the perspective that Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the poor in spirit, or humble, that's what that means. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. To be a follower of Jesus requires that we think differently, that we have a radical shift in paradigm. Jesus' teachings is not for the person who just wants to tweak their life. It's about becoming a new creation in Christ or in your own I am identity. It's really important. It's really important that you realize that. So I also want to remind you before we take our first break that this show and all the shows on Unity Online Radio are supported by your love offerings, your donations. And you can click on the donate button on the website to support Unity and sending out this show and shows like it. You can also, if you want to call and ask me a question, you can call into 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. Also, as a reminder, if you're on Facebook, make sure that you go to my page, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Make sure you like it. I'm going to ask you to share it. Let's spread the word about this ministry. You know, when you, even when you come on this show, they give uh, when you go online and you can download these episodes. If it's someone that you think could benefit from it, download it uh, to your Facebook page or to your Twitter page, or send it as an email to somebody. Share the love. Share the love. We're going to take our first break, and we'll be right back with Truth Transform. You are listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. To support this ministry, go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Your contribution helps us broadcast messages of love and inspiration throughout the world.
Now and then, life is challenging. I may not welcome challenge itself, but I welcome the opportunity to learn from whatever arises, to grow in understanding, to flex my spiritual muscles. Every day is a new day, a fresh start. No situation or circumstance can hold me back. My life is not only about what's happening to me, it's also what's happening through me. The Christ within is my source of unlimited wisdom and creativity. I do my best when I respond to any challenge from my Christ nature, rather than reacting impulsively from my human nature. Every day I pursue what enriches me, enjoying the journey to my goals as much as the destination. This inspirational message is brought to you by Daily Word. Daily Word. Inspiration and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. Give Daily Word to yourself or friend and give the gift of hope, joy, peace, and encouragement. Order your subscriptions today online at dailyword.com. What is the secret to happiness? Why do bad things happen to good people? What is our purpose in life? What must I do to bring healing into my life? Join Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday for a metaphysical romp. Explore fundamental unity principles put into action through real-life scenarios from people like you. Call in with your questions and spiritual challenges, and let Paul take you on a journey of profound personal understanding and transformation. That's Metaphysical Romp with Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Uh, I want to give you the opportunity to call in to ask any questions at this time. If you have any, um, please call in at 888-558-6489. 888-558-6489. If you have any questions. Not only do you help yourself, you help others when you ask because somebody else might be thinking, yeah, I have a question, but I want to call in. And they might have the exact same question you have. So uh, be brave. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. All right. Let me uh, move on. Page 161. He goes on to say on page 160, excuse me. He, uh, he says, if your substance is going here, there, and everywhere, being spent in riotous thinking, how can you accumulate it to the point of demonstration? In other words, are you keeping the main thing the main thing or the main things the main things? In other words, the mind is on everything but nothing in particular. Yeah, I want prosperity. You know, sort of like uh, when people at the beginning of the year, people have all these New Year's resolutions. But resolutions have a tendency not to last because they're all over the place along with the other things that people want. So instead of just locking down and saying, I'm going to do these one or two things, then we don't do anything. Or I'm going to exercise six days a week, but really maybe practically is two or three times a week. And since we can't do it six times a week, we don't do anything. Yet again, mind all over the place. So, you know, we have to make sure that we learn to master our minds because we can't master our calendar unless we master our minds because the the mind has to put down on the calendar what you're going to do and when you're going to do it and how you're going to do it. And if your life is riotous, in other words, all over the place, that means your mind is all over the place. Let's just be clear. All right. Going on, page 160. One of the things he talks about, and I'm not going to deal with this, but again, I'm bringing this up because Fillmore's strong belief in this. One of the fundamental principles in the study of Christianity is that God's objective is the making of a perfect man. 
Man is the apex creation made in God's image and likeness and endowed with full authority and dominion over his elemental thoughts. So Fillmore's books are always, excuse me, will always go back to this original idea that we are supposed to be fully Christed beings. I'm not denying that, by the way. I think that's practical and that makes sense. In other words, as Reverend Coleman would say, we are to be equal with Jesus. What does that mean? Jesus said, these works I do, you shall do, and even greater works than these. Now, Jesus understood what was in him, and Jesus understood what was in us. So for, for what Fillmore is saying is Jesus wasn't supposed to be the only person to demonstrate at that level. I'm not saying he is. What I'm saying is we're supposed to be in his company, everybody, everybody on the whole planet. It's supposed to be able to function and live in Christ consciousness. That doesn't mean everybody walks around as a teacher and uh, healing and whatever and et cetera. And it might mean that. I don't know. Why do I? Because I'm not in Christ consciousness as a fully Christ being. Then I don't know what that looks like until I get there. That has to be unfolded from within. Nobody can really explain that. Moving on. Page 161. Fillmore starts to talk about faith. He says, faith is the faculty of mind that deals with the universal substance idea. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Everything in God is ideal, without form or shape, but with all possibilities. I love that. Everything in God is ideal, without form or shape, but with all possibilities. Everything in God is ideal, without form or shape but with all possibilities. So when we realize that when we're dealing with God, we're dealing with the ideas and faith works with the idea that doesn't have form or shape. And one of the things that it does is it works along with the faculty of imagination. It's forming and shaping the idea into being what it is that you desire to express in your life. Fillmore goes on to say is, it is our body that we bring that it is in our body or manifestation that we bring God into visible manifestation. Faith is the faculty that does this. And this is key. It lays hold of the substance idea and makes it visible. Faith. What does it do? It lays hold of the substance idea and makes it visible. The substance idea. God's idea of perfect form. It, it's no thing, so it can be anything and all things needed in our lives. It can't be a thing because we all don't need the same thing. It has to be an idea that can be shaped into anything. So since it's an idea, it's no thing. Faith takes the no thing and makes it something. I hope that makes sense. All right. He goes on to say, the scramble for wealth seems to be the only object of existence for certain minds. In other words, getting it for getting sake, which is based upon, sometimes uh, based upon greed. But the thing about it is, even though people talk about the accumulation of wealth is bad as whatever, which New Thought doesn't teach, he quotes accurately that God kept promising riches to everyone who walked in alignment with the truth of their being. He says, yet Jehovah was always promising riches and honor to all those who kept his commandments. The gold and silver that God promised were spiritual rather than material. God is mind and mind can give only ideas. These ideas can be translated into terms of gold or anything else we desire according to our thought. So, the, the the silver and gold that was promised back then could be stocks and bonds and real estate or, you know, your investments in portfolio now. Or it could be something else, because if you depending on where you're at, obviously. Things are utilized or needed based upon where you are and what stage you're in. So if you are. If you are in need of certain specific things, as I've said before, you can't necessarily, you can't eat literally investments. You can't literally eat money, gold, silver, etc. We there are means of exchanges 
excuse their means of exchange so we can get what we want, what we desire. So is it the the money or is it what the money can be exchanged for that we desire? It's just a thought. But the point of it is this. Ideas of good can be translated into anything you desire according to your thought. That's what he's saying. Page 162. He says, Paul tells us that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And then he says that means, of course, that by loving money, man has in some way limited. He has not loved the true source of money, but has loved the thing rather than the spirit that it expresses. Now, this statement is always taken out of context. Uh, most people say, you know, that money is the root of all evil. Now, even though the scripture says the love of money is the root of all evil, it's talking about a context of people who are getting riches in unethical ways. Let me just be clear about this, for at least from my perspective. I believe Fillmore is right. I don't even like to use the term um, root of anything. All I will say is this. I get the point of what this is saying in this context. It makes sense. I would say that when you understand that money is not a thing, it's the idea is connected to the substance idea. Then we are one with the consciousness of the source. Therefore, that which you love, you attract. That which you love, you attract. So so when you love the idea behind it, as is as we put on every American dollar in God we trust, then through that consciousness, we are drawing or attracting it to us. But the problem comes into play is we think that the thing is the power. The thing is the God. You know, people worship at the altar of money. Instead of realizing that man, money was made for man, that man for money. People sell themselves out. People do all type of unethical things to attain it, what they believe is wealth. So this is the context that the scripture was talking about how people attain and, and the things that people do and how they sell themselves out for it. But money in and of itself is neutral. It's not bad or good. It just is. It's a means of exchange. That's it. That's it. It's the mind of the person that matters. It's the mind of the person. So we get the name what a what an experience is in our lives. So I'm suggesting, and you can take my suggestion or leave it, that you consider to co- consider calling money good. Money is good. Money loves me. Prosperity loves me. Financial independence loves me. Substance loves to flow in my, in, in my life in, in ever-increasing um, whatever, uh, measures or means or etc whatever you come up with money is good money is good and then start to think about all the good you can do with money you know what you can do for yourself what you can do for your family for your friends for your church for your community etc what good can could you do right now let me put it this way. What type of life would you have if money was not a concern? I'm not saying that you would have Warren Buffett, Bill Gates money. I'm saying if money wasn't a concern, what type of life would you have now? What would you do? How would you spend your time? Get into that feeling. Because Raymond Charles Barker once wrote a booklet. I taught a lesson on it. either I think sometime last year. I think it was last year. Anyway, called Money is God in Action. Money is God in Action. Money is God's good expressing in my life now. Money is God's good expressing in my life now. That's just a consciousness to work with. Money is good. Money is God's good expressing in my life. So, of course, 
I would want and love God's good expressing in my life. Again, not coming from love from the context that Paul was using, which he's really trying, and it's really, I would say, pseudo-Paul, because Paul didn't write those letters to Timothy, but that's a Bible course, and that's another day uh, and another time. But understand that love is a magnet. So when you look at money as God in action, you're saying that God's divine provision expresses as money in my life. And money doesn't necessarily have to show up as paper money. That just means that your needs are met. Your needs are met. The money might not ever change hands. The money might not ever go into your bank account. The money might not ever be on your credit card or debit card. But your needs are met. That's money. That's God's good expressing in your life. See, we think it has to filter through us. No, it doesn't. I don't have it in my hand. How will it be done? You don't. The, the, that's not the question. The the question is, if God is the source of my supply, that means that it, there are many channels. All I have to do is be open and receptive to the channels and willing to take action. In other words, be obedient to the whispering of the still small voice within me to make sure that I'm in alignment with what I need to be in alignment, where I need to be when I'm supposed to be there, doing what I'm supposed to do when I'm supposed to be doing it, because all those things come together to create the perfect storm of my prosperity. Then you walk into a situation at just at the right time. You see that person that you haven't seen in a long time that has that um, business opportunity or knows about somebody that's hiring or um, you see the person and it's, you know, and, you know, that person ends up being your significant other. You know, you thought it was random. Everything had to be in alignment for all those things to happen. You just popped up at the Walmart at that time. Something told you to get up and stop and drive over and pull over in that Walmart. You was about to drive past it. The next thing you know, you see that relative that you haven't seen in a long time that you've been meaning to catch up with. All these things are divine provision. Divine provision. All right. Mr. Fillmore goes on to say, page 163, the real possessor of wealth is the one who feels that all things are his to use and to enjoy, yet does not burden himself with the personal possession of anything. Now, Fillmore is coming from the standpoint of you can enjoy everything and need nothing. Enjoy everything and need nothing because the need is a sense of thinking that you, you lack something. I can enjoy this. You know, it's mine to use, it's mine to utilize, etc. And you'd be surprised um, how when you work with the feeling. See, he says the one who feels that all things. That's key. Reverend Ike used to say, feeling gets the blessing. Feeling gets the blessing. Feeling it. Matter of fact, he had a whole tape series. I don't know. I know he put a lot of his stuff on CD out of the old tape, unedited tapes. And he would say that all the time. Feeling gets the blessing. Feeling gets the blessing. You got to have the feeling that expresses as um, prosperity in your life. All right. Now, moving right along. <clears throat> page 165 and I see we're coming up on a break really fast before I take care of these last few points here so let me just give this quick point and then um, I'll give you the number again if you want to call in page 165 he says uh, money saved as an opportunity fund brings an increase of good but money hoarded from fear as a motive or with any a miserly thought in mind cannot possibly bring any blessing. Now, this is really very, this is really powerful. And I want to make sure that we have an opportunity to undress this. So I'm not going to get into this until we come at, back from the break. If you do have, do want to call, you can call at 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. Again, I want to remind you that you can uh, watch the Christ Universal Temple service this week or any week. Join us. Join our senior minister, Reverend Derek B. Wells, as he preaches 
in this series, Better Living from A to Z. It just dawned on me that maybe I should say that I'm actually preaching this Sunday. So if you, if you um, join us online this Sunday, July 21st, you'll be able to see me. I'll be teaching substance, God's invisible supply. So it'll go right along with this sermon series. So we're going to take our last break and we'll be right back with Truth Transform. What I desire for myself, I desire for all beings. There is only one presence and one power at work in the universe. As I align myself with this truth, I set in motion ripples of peace, harmony, and abundance throughout the world. In a quiet time of prayer, I center my thoughts on the perfect peace within me. There is no lack, no separation, only the wholeness of peace. I affirm aloud, I am peace. You are peace. We are peace. I rest for a moment, feeling my heart expand as peace radiates from me. I envision a world in which all beings live in harmony, free from lack, free from violence, and at peace. One by one, each of us creates this peace for all. This inspirational message is brought to you by Daily Word. Daily Word, inspiration, and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. Give Daily Word to yourself or friend and give the gift of hope, joy, peace, and encouragement. Order your subscriptions today online at dailyword.com. Are you ready for the next steps on your spiritual path? If you are, you won't want to miss The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Rev. Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. Essential insights and practices from the ancient yoga science of self-realization show us how to live healthier, happier, more balanced lives. The benefits of spiritually conscious living start now. For a time-tested method to live with purpose and realize your infinite potential, tune in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Rev. Ellen Grace O'Brien, every Thursday morning at 10 Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. All right, welcome back to Truth Transforms. We're teaching prosperity by Charles Fillmore, and I'm on page 165. I just read a quote, money saved as an opportunity fund brings an increase of good, but money hoarded from fear as a motive of or with any miserly thought in mind, cannot possibly bring a blessing. Now, this really made me think about some of the things that happened in a, with the economy a few years back, that sometimes when we, and I, I'm not, by the way, letting off the hook all the people who did unethical things in the United States with the money, Wall Street, and all those type of things. I'm not justifying anything that was done. What I'm saying is the consciousness that that there won't be enough sometimes sometimes is a driving force for us not to really be in the space of give us this day our daily bread. Now, Fillmore said it at the beginning of the chapter that we should conserve. Now, conserve means can also mean money, but conserve for use. In other words, an opportunity fund is different than a rainy day fund. Opportunity fund says when when the opportunity pops up for vacation, for investment, for entertainment, for uh, for philanthropy and and all those other things, you know, you want to make sure that you have an opportunity to support and give. A lot of people even put in their wills that their money is given to churches or 
or part of it into other non-for-profit organizations or to build libraries in the community, et cetera. So money saved as an opportunity fund increases good. All right. I'm raising and saving money one to enjoy for myself because there's nothing wrong with that. That's beautiful. But also to be a blessing to others, not to promote somebody's concept or consciousness of greed, but to understand and promote somebody else's consciousness. In other words, there are people who have opportunity funds that when things pop up, they have the ability to address it and they can make choices that are based upon what they desire and what God is leading them to do, not based upon the bottom line. Because there are times when we when we know spiritually, we know we need to be doing a certain thing. And then we look at the bottom line. We look at the bank account and we say, you know what, I can't do that right now. And God's guidance is not always based upon what's in the bank account. I'm not telling you to go out and make foolish decisions. What I'm saying is you have to be clear that sometimes the provision is provided when you take the action. But only you can know that. I can't know that for you. Only you can know when it's really, really working, when you're really working with spirit. And see, this is why you pray. This is why you meditate. This is why you study, because you have to become acquainted with the spiritual you. We live so surfacely that we know all about what we like to eat and what we like to watch and, you know, uh, what we're attracted to and how we like to dress and the music we like. But we're not necessarily well acquainted with the spiritual self. We have to spend time with the spiritual self. Again, we're spirit, soul, body. So we know our bodies, and we're acquainted with the surface levels of things that are going on in the soul. But really to know the spirit within requires time. You wouldn't expect to have a decent relationship with anybody that you didn't spend time with. You wouldn't expect to know anybody, really, that you didn't spend time with. Quality time. Focused time. Intentional time. But we think that we can hit and miss with our spiritual selves, that we can hit and miss with God and have a deep relationship that sustains us when we go through different experiences in life. No such thing no such thing you can think all you want about how much truth you have collected over the years i've read this i've done this i've taken this class such and such taught me so what emmett fox wrote there's no such thing as undemonstrated understanding that's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. All right, moving on. Page 167. True riches and real prosperity are in the understanding that there is an omnipresent substance from which all things come. And that by the action of our mind, we can unify ourselves with that substance so that the manifestations that come from it will be in line with our desires and needs. All right. So it's the understanding that God's good is everywhere equally present. I'm not present substance. That means all possibility, all potentiality, everywhere equally present. And through our minds, we come become connected with it to manifest what we desire in our lives. Now, how does that look? You say, well, does that mean I'm just thinking and the, and, and the cookie pops up in my hand? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that that's not possible, I, I, but obviously that's not something we know how to do. So I'm not trying to have you deny the what physics says is possible or not possible. I don't know. What I am saying is this. As you're thinking about it, the next thing you know, somebody walks into your job and says, you know what? I stopped by the bakery on my way in. Would you like some cookies? That's how it works. I was, you know, I was just talking about you to somebody and they said, give me your number because they need to talk to you about an, an opportunity. That's how it works. You're trying to, you know, maybe write a book. And next thing you know, while you're shaving or, 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 you know, getting in your car, the perfect idea, the title and everything just pops in your head, the description, et cetera, et cetera. That's how it works. You've been 
working with the issue, so-called problem, for the longest. And out of nowhere, as you've been doing your spiritual work and you're doing something completely different, the idea comes. This is how you handle that. And it's perfect and it works well and everybody works with it or works in alignment with it. That's how it works. That's prosperity. God's good in action in your life. All right. He goes on to say, talking about how we pinch, penny pinch. He said, oh, he wrote on the bottom of page 167. We begin to pinch our mind, and then our minds become pinched. Excuse me, and then our money becomes pinched. For as we think in our mind, so we manifest in our affairs. So he's saying, when we start to penny pinch in mind, we start to, our money begins to get pinched in the world. Reverend Coleman used to say this funny statement, and I'm not again saying that you go do something that's not a part of your consciousness. But she would say, anytime that, you know, my money looks funny, I go out and buy two of whatever it is that I want, just to remind myself that God is my abundant father. That's the gist of it. That might not be exactly word for word what she's saying. Johnny would say, I'm, I just go out and buy two of them, just to remind herself. That she's a rich child of a rich God. She had many ways she said it. But she would say it over and over again. Now that worked for her. What works for you? What do you do that helps you helps remind you that you are a prosperous expression or child of God? All right. He goes on to say the pinching attitude of mind does, does even worse than bring people into want. If people are relaxed in mind, they will loosen up the nerves and muscles of the body. They must learn the cause of their strain, pinching mental attitude, and let go of that first. Then the relief of outer conditions will become manifest as the, as the condition itself did. So in other words, if we're stressing about money, we're stressing up our mind. We're stressing up our bodies. We're pinching our minds, and we're pinching the nerves and muscles and cells and, and arteries and veins and capillaries in our body. So as we're tight mentally, our bodies become tight. All right, moving on, page 169. He says, well, you, you do not need to lay up treasures for the future when you know the law of omnipresent good is providing for you from within. Now, then he says, in your mind, see plenty everywhere. What he's doing is conditioning. He's not, you know, again, save, have your bank account, have your investments, whatever, but make sure that you're doing it from the consciousness of truth, that there will always be opportunities for prosperity for you. There will always be opportunities for wealth. You will always be provided for, no matter what. It's a mindset. All right. He goes on to say, page 170, do not be fearful regardless of how outer appearances may affect others. Keep your head when all about you are losing theirs. Refuse to load your mind with old material thoughts of economy to the point of denial of what you really need. Eliminate the old limiting ideas. Assert your freedom and your faith as a child of God. Do not spend foolishly or save foolishly. So in other words, he's saying keep your mind together. Don't fall into the thought of the rest of the human race consciousness where the mindset goes one way and you just go with the flow like mob mentality. You don't have to do that. So what should we do? He gives us the answer. He says on page 171, we can go within and meditate on these things in the silence. And the Lord, your higher consciousness, will direct our personal finances. We have, And the Lord directing your personal finances could say, Call this company and they'll help you do this, this, and this. And call this person and they can help you with this, this, and this. The Lord directing your personal finances does not mean that you turn into an accountant. That does not mean that. It means that you're directed to make the right decisions in regards to your financial life. That's it. You know, entertainers will be guided to the right accountant, to the right manager, to the right uh, agent. You'll be guided. You'll be guided to how to make the right deals, business deals, or whatever. You're or you're running to to a, a someplace, and you get in the elevator. And the person on the elevator is the person that could be the person that helps you get from point A to B. But you have to turn within. You have to turn within. So, 
Last point, page 172. He says, things are never so bad as you think. Never allow yourself to be burdened with the thought that you are having a hard time. You do not want a soul structure of that kind and it should not and should not build it with these excuse me, with those thoughts. So in other words, you might be going through some things right now, but realize that that's how it's occurring to you. Look up to the hills from which cometh your help. Stay focused on the truth of who you are and who God is in you and who you are in God. Be that space and live from it. And if you need to call people or prayer ministries or you know, silent unities or whatever to make sure that you have somebody that can stand in the gap with you and hold that consciousness with you, do it. But be in the space. We've run out of time now. Love you all. And we'll be back with you next week with Truth Transforms. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. What is the secret to happiness? Why do bad things happen to good people? What is our purpose in life? What must I do to bring healing into my life? Join Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday for a metaphysical romp. Explore fundamental unity principles put into action through real-life scenarios from people like you. Call in with your questions and spiritual challenges, and let Paul take you on a journey of profound personal understanding and transformation. That's Metaphysical Romp with Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. Take a moment now to reflect on these words from Rev. Joan Gattuso. According to an ancient Hindu teaching, if you can only speak the truth and tell no lies, either minuscule or outrageous, for 12 consecutive years, you can attain enlightenment. A noble being will always tell the truth. Do you? Begin now with the first step of simply noticing if you do tell the truth immediately or if your first instinct is to alter the facts a bit. Resolve to be honest with yourself and others starting today. And after 4,383 days, you just may become enlightened. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. What is the key to happiness? Would you like to find the fountain of youth? How about all the money and love that you could handle? Well, my friends, it is there for you. You just need to strip off the false beliefs that keep your divine inheritance from being attracted into your life. You need to be real. Be vulnerable. Be naked. What are you waiting for? Let's get naked. This transformational program with Reverend Heidi Alfrey is an invitation to explore and remove the blocks that keep you from emotional freedom. Listen to Heidi and her revealing guests as they embrace the power of spiritual nakedness as a guaranteed way to live an authentic and transparent life. Expose yourself to your greatness on Mondays at 3 p.m. Central Time. Let's get naked. No dress code required. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You gotta get rid of your butt. It's bigger than it would appear. It hinders your forward movement when you keep bringing up the rear. 
Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.